0: i am so glad that you are joining cindy lefevre yorks for this episode of his gps for your sos we pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day there's an upstart hotel in las vegas that boasts the right amount of wrong with regard to its image it's catchy and sounds counterintuitive all right But at the end of the day, there's no such thing as a right amount of wrong, at least in God's economy. The definition of wrong describes something incorrect or untrue, unsuitable or undesirable, in a bad or abnormal condition. Though Eve committed the first wrong, every person who has ever walked the face of the earth with the exception of Jesus has followed suit. And ever since that fateful bite of the apple occurred, Satan has been cloaking wrongdoing with all sorts of smoke and mirrors, to try to trip up followers of Christ who devote themselves to trying to do the right thing. Naturally, we stumble. We aim for the high road and end up in the ditch. I love how the Apostle Paul put it in Romans seven twenty one when he admits to discovering a disheartening principle about himself. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in my body, warring against my mind, And holding me captive to the sin that dwells within me. And so it goes with Paul and with us. We want to do good in our minds and eradicate wrong, but our minds are like corrupt files on floppy disks. Thoughts that were once rife with integrity are subverted and their integrity greatly diminished or, in some cases, completely obliterated. Satan gets a foothold. We compartmentalize, we rationalize, and in the end, we often actualize a sinful thought and kill, till it gives birth to a deed. The damage is done. If we repent, we are sanctified and can again work with a clean slate and a fresh conviction that we can indeed do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that includes starting over. Maybe that's why there are so many verses in the Bible about endurance and perseverance because the fact remains that we will continue to sin the sight of eternity until the day we Christ-followers are called home to be with the Lord. We are in a battle with Satan. We meet with him in the battlefield of our mind, in the battleground of our flesh. We must set our intention to lean into God's strength. We are reminded in John fifteen five that he is the vine, and we are the branches, and that apart from him we can do nothing, and that includes saying no to temptation. Though our sinful rational thoughts might lead us to believe that a small amount of wrong is acceptable, that erroneous statement is an affront to God. In 1 Peter one eighteen 18 18-19, we read that He has done no violence, nor was there any deceit in His mouth. That's why God sent His Son Jesus to atone for our sins, so we could be restored to His presence. Once we belong to Him, we are challenged to think and behave differently. Let those who love the Lord hate evil for He guards the lives of the faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Now there is a question for us to ponder on a deeper level. Do we hate evil, or do we soft pedal its impact and significance? Join me in taking a stand against wrong amounts of wrong and calling them out for exactly what they are, breaks from God's edicts and sins for which we must all repent. I'd like to read an excerpt from my second book, The Trapdoor*, and this installment Is called hedonism. Hollywood and literature love to take a sow's ear and turn it into a silk purse. They often specialize in legitimizing the immoral and the illegal. You are no doubt familiar with the compelling stories of poor unfortunates being faced with impossible choices that lead them to commit crimes that appear justified somehow. The terminally ill dad with four kids needs to leave a nest egg for his needy family so he becomes a meth dealer. A widowed mother of two begins selling marijuana illegally to make ends meet. The wife of a wealthy, infirmed older man is given permission to take a lover so she doesn't miss out on the sexual pleasures of youth. A young merry outlaw from Sherwood Forest robs the rich to give to the poor to balance socioeconomic inequality. We sympathize with such characters and are drawn into their dilemmas even though their behaviors and actions are inherently wrong. What they exhibit is a form of justifiable hedonism. But the enemy has a larger agenda at play. By making such actions appear as last resorts in losing scenarios, wrongdoings are not only legitimized, they are actually championed. He doesn't want what happens in Vegas to stay in Vegas. His goal is to cause every man and woman to stumble, to blur the line between right and wrong to such a degree, not only to the person drawing it, but also to the one observing it. This phenomenon is reflected in what is known as ethical hedonism. It's based on the idea that all people have the right to do everything in their power to achieve the greatest amount of pleasure possible for themselves. Of course, the problem with such thinking is that it leaves the judgment of right and wrong up to each individual. Not all individuals adhere to the absolute doctrine derived from the Ten Commandments. When ethics are formulated— Apart from God's law, a slippery slope can result, and the margin for error rises significantly. When we find ourselves trying to compartmentalize a choice that may seem legitimate under special circumstances, we fall prey to character corruption. We are in no position to reframe the law or to manipulate it to suit our own needs and desires, no matter how dire they are. In our pride, we may be tempted to cross that line, but we are reminded repeatedly not to add to God's words. In the contemporary English version of the Bible, we are told in Proverbs 36 not to change what God has said. He will correct you and show you that you are a liar. In light of that verse, today's media darling may very well be tomorrow's Pinocchio, the wooden puppet with a penchant for lies. So whether the temptations of hedonism are subtly grounded in circumstantial justification, or whether they are more identifiable in cases such as drug abuse, sexual addiction, Gluttony, drunkenness, larceny, or excess acquisition, all are at odds with God and His Word. Are you? Have you been busy constructing elaborate plot lines in the script of your life? Or are you traveling on the path that God has set before you, confessing after a misstep and quickly realigning yourself with His shepherd's staff? Hedonists chase rainbows, but Christians aim to know and follow the one responsible for making them. And the keys to kingdom living are? Avoid the trap of indulgence and remain grounded in obedience. And the doorpost is, you've already put your time in that God-ignorant way of life. Now is the time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore. But you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God Himself. And that's from 1 Peter 4, 3-5. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion Trilogy is now available on Amazon.